Hello everybody and welcome to Murder Analyzed. This is the intro for um, Christie's case that I've had to re-edit. Now the reason I'm doing this video um, clip before we actually go into the video itself, the case itself, is because in the reason I've had to take it down from last week is because I've made a mistake. Now it was an honest mistake, but it was a mistake that named an address that wasn't part of this case at all. Now this was pointed out to me and there's no excuse for it, really, there isn't. The thing is in law, when you train in law, they say keep emotion out of things because it gets in the way. You can make mistakes and I think that's exactly what happened in this case. Rather than me saying that Alex Staines of age 30 or 31, as he was then, of Summing Street, I put the name of the street and an address, a number, which wasn't related to him at all. So this is the reason why I've had to take down this case and re-edit it. And, you know, it's terrible really because Murder Analyzed we don't create victims at all. And it would have been awful if something had happened because of my stupidness, really, and that wrong wording that looked like that was his address. It wasn't. And it's also terrible to think, actually, when you think that people um, would have done anything to this property anyway, because Alex, or you know, Staines, as you want to call him, the perpetrator, who killed Christie, is in prison. So the address, what I stated in the last video, is now being removed, uh, and he's got no contact or no connection with this property whatsoever. So I hope that clears that up. But I must reiterate that there was no way that this was a intention at all. There was no intention to incite by giving the address. There was no intention of anyone from Murder Analyzed to um, help create some, you know, <laughs> you know, illegal actions happening because of that. So I hope I've made that quite clear and I hope I've made it quite clear of where Murder Analyzed stands, where I stand when it comes to retribution and stuff. Yes, we're all fighting for um, Alex to get a longer sentence because of the murder of Christie and what he did, because it was premeditated. And I think this is why I'm so keen to get this case out there, because this was a premeditated murder. He came equipped with a knife. He sold his stuff to prepare himself to go to prison after taking her life. He, that's what he did. He knew that's what he was going to do. So there was no mental health, there was no nothing involved in this case. This case is purely a man that took a life of a young girl, whatever you want to call it, domestic homicide, whatever you want to call it, right? That's what he did, he killed this young girl and he stabbed her 17 times in the face. So if, even if she had survived, she would have been so disfigured that she would never have had a life again, really. So there's some other changes um, to this case since 
I've done that video and rather than doing the whole video again, I decided to do this intro. So um, I think the children are no longer with his parents. Now there's lots of reasons why children are taken from the scene and put into one place rather than another. It depends maybe who's turned up at the scene first, if it was his family that turned up first which took the children. These children are no longer with that family, they are now in foster care. I think we have to look at the children, don't we? You have to think, these children witnessed their mother being killed. They saw it. They heard it. And then that's another thing as well when I look back on that case, when I sort of talk about this case on that video. You know, the judge said he didn't know whether the children were seen it or not. So why did Alex Danes not give that information? You know, he's so forthcoming, isn't he, to give himself up. But he wouldn't actually say whether them children were present or not. So whether they were or not, they were in the home. They heard it or saw it. These children would be devastated at the loss of their mother and would be so psychologically damaged by what happened anyway. And now we've removed them from any family members they know and placed them into foster care. They've lost their friends, they've lost their home, they've lost their mother. They've lost their immediate family for now. Yes, they have visits, but we took children away from the people they know and love and are used to, and we put them into foster care. Now, I'm not saying that foster carers are bad people, I'm not, but it's an environment, isn't it, for young children that they don't know. It's another change. Their life has been destroyed already. So I don't think this case is over yet. And I know that Christie's mother did write comments on the last case and I am so upset with myself for making that mistake for lots of reasons, but also because I didn't want to upset the family who live at that address, so I really apologise for that. But just as importantly is that this case is so important to get out there. There's a petition going around to get this man a longer time to get justice for Christy. And her mother's took the time to leave comments on our channel for you all to read, and I've had to remove it. So thank you to Christy's family because I've had emails from the auntie, not that I can find your email, so if you're listening, please email me again. We can't find it, we've looked. And I'd love to contact you and we can speak, and you know, because you know this family know more about this case than we do. What I can read and find out and research, it's very difficult. It's such a new case. And for some reason, there isn't a lot of information about this man. Now, this Alex wasn't actually, you know, born in Welling Garden City. He wasn't born and raised here. He come from elsewhere. He doesn't seem to be a very nice person at all, once you really look into him. I said I didn't know what he did for a living, that's because really he didn't. I think he was a career criminal, that sort of thing. There wasn't, and I don't even think he was a good one. He was definitely an abuser. He was definitely, um, you know, used coercive behaviour on Christy from a, when she was quite young. And in the end, he killed her. So if the family want to tell me any more, I would be really interested to know and I can pass that on to you. But I must apologise to everyone, including my subscribers, for having made that mistake, that stupid mistake, 
and that won't be happening again. But there was no malice in it at all. No way. There was never no malice. It was just an honest mistake and I apologise for that. And so this is why now this part is going to go on and the video is going to go up and I hope that you share it and I hope that you give Christy a voice because she deserves it. And the truth deserves to come out of why this case has been tried to be gagged and hidden away. So let's get back onto it with this case. So thank you for watching and thank you for supporting us. And as I say, I'm very sorry to anyone that was affected by the address that I put on, the mistake I made in the previous video. So let's roll intro. Hello and welcome my partners in crime and you know I always say that in the nicest possible way. Now today's case, right let's go into this case. Now this is why I've been a little bit late uploading this week because I've been really looking into this case. Now this is a new case, this was only decided this case um, I think on the, the, a couple of days ago anyway um, for this man. Um, now how can I say it? because I hate using the term, but this is a domestic homicide case, okay? And this is another one, and I, I listen, I'm, I'm, I've done so many of these, and, and the reason I do a lot of domestic cases, especially domestic abuse cases and domestic homicide cases, is because it has to stop. And no matter how many I do, and whatever we do and say, they continue to be the same. The scenarios are always the same, it's just a different woman's name I am using. And, I mean, you know, we're in 2021, you know, what's going on? Why are these men still being allowed, and, and women, because it's not always men, there are um, male victims as well, so women do do this as well. In the majority of the cases that I do, they are women. Now this woman's name, this young girl's name was Christy, and I'll do her full name and everything later on. Now she was stabbed to death in her home by Alex Staines, on January the 26th of this year, having called 999 the evening before. So here we go, right? Here we go. She's called 999 the evening before, but this man the next morning has still stabbed this girl to death. So this abusive and controlling man, you know this Alex Staines, his name was, uh, he stabbed his former partner. So again, it's a former partner. He wasn't still with her. Uh, in her home with her three children present in the home and he was jailed for life so this has only just been done now usually I wouldn't do these cases as close to this man being convicted of this crime nothing to do with this man or any other one or any other perpetrator get, that gets called for a crime and is sent away it's more out of respect for the family but there's issues with this case and so that's why I'm doing this case now. And so I've got no disrespect to the family whatsoever. But if the family want this out there and known, the story has to be told. And it has to be told soon, really. And you'll understand why as we go through this case. So 
The relationship ended, I think, in 2018. And Judge Michael KQC told Staines, you believed that she had no right to lead her own life. That's what he thought. So because he thought that, he was going to take it. Because she wouldn't live her life under his rule, this coercive behaviour he had done for years, then you're going to die. And that's exactly what he did. He killed her. Now, Staines admitted the murder and he's got a sentence now of 22 years and 58 days. 22 years and 58 days. I don't know where the 58 days comes from. Now, before we go into anything else, let's talk about the night before or the days before leading up to this murder. So this man hasn't instantly lost control, right? He's now thought about this. Now, we know this was premeditated and planned because the night before or the day before, he sold his dog. He also sold other items preparation for this. So his things were clear. His life was settled, done. I'm going to sell my dog. He's got more empathy for the dog than he actually had for the life of Christy, really. Now, no offence to all the dogs. You all know I love dogs. But we're talking about a killer here. Whether his name is a domestic abuser or known or whatever he is, he is a killer of a young girl, of someone he had three children with, he was meant to love, adore, respect. He was so devastated when it ended, and it ended because of his coercive behaviour and his domestic abuse. That's why it ended. But this woman said, no more. Not doing this no more. He left. But the hassle has been going on from 2019. As I said, it's the same old story that we continue to say in these cases of what they call of domestic homicide. So, he's sold the dog, sorted his stuff out, you know, put all his things in order. Then he's, the next morning, done that, got in his car, prepared with his own knife, so he's come equipped with his own knife. So, if you have any, you know, if you're gonna put a knife in your car and you're going to see a girl that you've already threatened to kill on many occasions, uh, I think the night before because she had rung the police the night before on the 999 call earlier. Why she was still in this home, why she was still at risk at this point, I don't understand. So this is probably the first part of this case. We're probably going to do this more of this case sooner or later as I find out more. But anyway, she's he's then drove to her home. He has, you know, got the knife with him. He's gone into the house. I don't know how he got into the house. Maybe one of the kids have opened the door. They had three children. I know one of them was young. Um, and he stabbed her 17 times in front of his children. Now, the, the judge has said, we don't know whether the children were present. We know they were present, but whether they were in the same room. But let's be honest here, shall we? You know, this was a three-bedroom house. Uh, I'll show you some photos of it. If you're being stabbed 17 times, you are screaming because of the pain you're in. So whether these kids were in the same room or in the room upstairs or hiding in a cupboard because they're so scared of this man because they probably had been scared of this man for many, many years, 
and your mother is being stabbed to death 17 times and I think five wounds to the head as well, like slashes to the head. Uh, he disfigured this girl in front of these children. They would have heard it. Whichever way you look at it, these children were traumatised or would have been traumatised by either what they've seen or heard. Right? That's what would have happened in this case, without a doubt, with this young girl's death. Then, he's left the children, and I know that one of the children, or so I've heard, and it could just be his, so I'm, I'm not sure, okay, with this, was crawling around, and so he was left for one hour in this home with a woman that was clearly deceased, and there would have been blood everywhere. So you're talking about the father of these children has just killed their mother, stabbed her 17 times, and I think five slash wounds as well on top of that, totally disfigured her face. So, you know, when people use knives, they usually stab, don't they, everywhere else. This man went for the face. He disfigured her. His rage, and this was a frenzied, frenzied rage attack on the upper part of the body and the head. That's what he did to her. And he left that body there with these children for one hour. Now, I've heard a few stories, and as I say, it's only hearsay. I'm not sure about it. So I do know for sure that he went and handed himself into the police station. I've also heard other things where he had drunk his father and his father went round to the property or sent the police around to the property but he did hand himself in an hour later so now let's talk about defenses because as i said in the last case that i've just done when we talk about defenses he didn't ever have a defense he pleaded guilty okay he didn't you know and there's a reason why people do that i don't know what this man did for a living and to tell the truth i don't care because he's where he should be but i think what this man knew was to do is one, he killed her because he wanted to. There was no other reason. She wanted a new life and he didn't want her to have it. That was the only reason. Then he goes and hands himself into the police station because he doesn't want to be hurt or shot or anything else, does he? Because that's what would have happened to him if there's a manhunt going out. We just had another one with a manhunt uh, going on. So he hands himself in. Now, when you come to sentencing, you see, all this is taken into account. Oh, if you plead guilty, you might get 10% off or whatever they're going to give you off. You handed yourself in. We didn't have to go and look for you. You're, you've been really good. You've done everything. It's all coming off, the sentences. So this is probably why this man has got 22 years and 58 days. Not silly, is he? Not silly. Let's think about this man. So he's got 22 years, take away the 58 days, because really, you know, listen, he ain't appealed yet. This is just sentence just been done. He could appeal yet. Maybe it's too long. I've done everything I need to do. I'm sorry. I just lost it. No, you didn't just lose it. You premeditated. You didn't lose it. It was no loss of control, of self-control. It was an instantaneous loss. You planned it. You sold your dog. You sold your stuff. You put your house in order before you went and killed someone. And this is another thing that really bugs me, and I'm going to rant a little bit because I don't care. Right, because we're talking about domestic abuse here, we're talking about domestic homicide, and it's this word domestic homicide which also makes people like the jury and everyone think, oh, well, they knew each other. What difference does it make? The man's a killer. 
Absolutely, the man is a killer. This man harassed this girl for years before that, had threatened her, harassed her for years. She wasn't with him since 2018. Domestic homicide is just a word we use. It should have no justification for why they get the sentence they get. He is a killer, a murderer. He murdered someone he actually knew. He actually meant to have loved. He should have got longer, not less. Longer. I don't care if you've handed yourself in because you know a bit of law and you think, oh, I'll get a bit of, you know, 10% knocked off that sentence. It shouldn't happen. This man should go to prison for life for what this man has done. 22 years. I think his youngest child is two. So he should be 24. This man is in his 20s, is he? Or 30s, I think he may be in. 20 years' time. His whole obsession was with this girl. His whole mindset was that you're not going to move on. He exhibited coercive behaviour towards her for many years. She was young when she met him. All he's got to do is meet somebody else, isn't he? In 22 years when he comes out, the fascination's still there. You're going to do as you're told. The minute a girl or a woman starts saying no, what's he going to do? Stab her 17 times again? Of course he is. There's no cure for this man. There's no cure. There should be no leniency either for this man, for what this man's done. Actually, there should be no leniency at all for anyone that takes the life of another person, ever. There should be no leniency. And I have lots of comments, don't I, from Americans, and I love you, Americans, and I love your justice system, because they're hot on it, aren't they, really? If you're going to do this sort of crime, this man would have gone to prison for bloody years, not just 22 years and 58 days. It's bloody justice system. So anyway, let's get back onto this case because this family has just about had enough as well, really, of this. And they put a petition out on Facebook and you're going to find a link and I'm going to leave a link for you on the description box. I want you to sign this petition, all right? Because it's saying they're not happy with 22 years and 58 days. He should have got more time for it. I think there's also issues around this case and why I've done this case earlier. And as I say, I'm only going on, not so much hearsay, because some of it's from the sister of Christy anyway, um, that she's right. But this case, this girl was um, being terrorised, being harassed, right, for this man from 2018. So we brought in new laws in this country on coercion and all this stuff to help with people with, you know, um, domestic abuse and this sort of thing, violence in relationships and coercive behaviour and stuff. Why aren't they being used? Because obviously, if this girl was being intimidated like that from 2018, why weren't these laws in place? And then I find out when I've read, um, and I'm going to read you the comment that the sisters put on Facebook to give you a whole idea of this case as it stands today, that... The police and the social services, I think, tried to suppress this case from coming out. They went to the judge and they wanted an, a zero, you know, reporting on this. Then we have a lot of this with paedophiles and different things. They're trying to protect the person. But why would you try and protect this man? They wanted this hushed, hush, this story. They didn't want it to come out. Why? What's, why would you want, why would you go to a judge and ask the judge not to allow this to be reported, 
not to allow him to be named. These family feel that this case has been put aside. They've been tried to be gagged, really, it was like a gagging order that was going to be put on this family. This girl was a victim of domestic abuse, of, of, of um, domestic homicide. Why are we protecting someone like that? Why would they want to? So what's wrong? What have they done? Or what haven't they done to protect this girl? What haven't they put in place? Let's just see what comes out a little bit later on in this case because you know there's going to be a follow-up to this case because I'm going to dig and dig and dig until I find out the whole truth about this case. So I want to just tell you now I'm going to read this word for word, this um, Facebook post, okay? First I'm going to read you the little bit about where it says about the um, petition that if you'd like to sign to get this man more time in prison and to be kept in prison because this judicial system we've got here is just not bloody working. And if people push and push and push for petitions, then they may listen and they should listen. Uh, and I will find out much, much more, hopefully, about um, why this was tried to suppress this case down. But the judge said no, and I think BBC really pushed for this, actually, and so good for them, and said, no, this needs to be released, this needs to be told. So they're the ones that fought for that. So let me just read you first now the petition, and then I'm going to read you the statement on Facebook from Christie's sister. So the statement from Christie's family said, or states, we would wish uh, people to remember Christy as a much-loved mother and sister and daughter. We would not want people to forget her. And we know that the loss that she feels, there's a lot of people actually in the town also that feel the same about this, the loss of this girl and the shock and the horror of what's gone on in this case with the family and actually the wider community. Okay, so the family are suffering here as you would, wouldn't you? The family also expresses its disappointment, you see, as we considered leniency, he was considered leniency in this sentence, and they think it's, it's too lenient for him, this Alex Staines, and to have, they have discussed this actually with the Crown Prosecution Service, and they've raised concerns about this with them, uh, and also with the General, um, uh, Attorney General, and they want this sentence reviewed. So that is what the first part of the petition is about. It's about getting this sentence reviewed. So if you go onto Facebook and you follow the link I'm going to put, you can use that link and go in and sign that petition if you'd like to make sure that people and perpetrators like this get a lot longer sentence than what they're given. Now, as I said, this has just happened. This man has just been sentenced in the last few days. I think the 1st of June, I think he was sentenced a couple of days ago but I think I think we need to be on this really and we need to really support this family with this because we need to make sure that this stops happening you know that we're not talking about another victim and this is I, I can go through all the different cases I've done on on domestic homicide and all this stuff and a lot of them have got 30 or 40 years actually They've got 22 years and 58 days. Extremely low, but then they haven't all handed themselves in, have they? And sort of known a little bit about what to do. Oh, I'm guilty, sorry about that, you know, misunderstanding. That's the sort of attitude we've got here.
But also, in a lot of these cases, or all of them, none of these other cases, have I ever had a case where they have tried to put a gagging order on to not release details out about it. And that makes me think they're trying to hide something. So that's what we're going to look into as we go through this case probably in the next few weeks when I find out more. So if any of you out there have got information on why the gagging order was put or tried to be put in place and I think someone said it may have been to protect the children but listen no one's saying anything about the children. A gagging order wouldn't protect the children. Really the gagging order would protect him and would keep the family silent about anything that went on in the past because they wouldn't have been able to talk about it because it would have come under the brother of the children. So I think that was just an excuse to tell the truth. So um, anyone knows anything about it, give me an email, you know, DM me, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, let me know because I'm really interested to find out in why, why that's happened because that's an important part to this case because if we find out that they've done it to hide their lack of um, duty again, care to this girl in this case then we need to, it needs to be told and it, they need to be outed really okay so this is Lauren's Facebook post now Lauren is Christie's sister and she writes on Facebook and this is her words just a tiny bit of the swear word that I'm going to say but not in the, the, the way it was said so she starts off with saying that Facebook has removed her status. Now again, that's probably because of the, the content or the language content in, in it. But I don't understand it. I've seen a lot worse than this. But anyway, they removed it and she's put it back on on something else. Probably changed a few things. So anyway, they've removed her status. So today she states, this evil piece of shit who murdered my sister was sentenced to 22 years yeah, and 58 days. 22 effing years. For the past few months, they have made my sister's murder low profile. Mm. And you think, why then have they made it? Because this shouldn't be low profile, should it? They have silenced my family to protect that coward. Local authorities tried to keep his name, picture, and the story from what happened to my sister and everything leading up to it quiet again why would they want to do that two days before the sentencing we were in court with the local authorities they tried to gag us and keep this story or my sister's story out of the press did not want public knowing that he killed my sister in front, in front of her babies and left them in the house for an hour after leaving her youngest baby crawling around in her mother's blood. The fact that this was premeditated, planned, and he planned this all on that night before, took the knife to the scene, sold his dog, sold his belongings to the night before. That's what I said, premeditated well planned. See. She continues then to state, from the start the local authorities have fouled my sister. Numerous phone calls to the police and the social services were made and they still failed to protect her. Failing upon failing upon failing. That's what she writes. 
Since the day my sister was murdered, the local authorities have continued to foul her and our family by handing her babies to the murderer's family. Today was supposed to be about justice. There was absolutely no amount of time that could have been given for what this pesticide done to but 22 effing years for stabbing my sister 17 times and a further five slash wound on the top of her head in front of my sister's babies and he only gets 22 effing years. Justice has not been served today. My sister and our family have been fouled and continue to do so. More needs to be done. People need to be made aware of the story must be told. This has been so low profile for this sickening state. This rat left my sister in. Um, where is the justice? Big commas. He left my sister unrecognisable and she ends this Facebook post. Share, share, share. Scumbag, rotting hell. So that's in the words from the family. Now, in any murder like this, people will be upset. But there seems to be a lot here behind the scenes of this case. And that's why I've done this case early. I'd never have done this case because one, this is quite local to me, this case. I would never have done it because I, I, would, ne I would have allowed the family to have their time to grieve and get over it. But you can see by the statements they're making that they are not happy with it. They want the story shared out there because Christie's life mattered. It matters, still matters today. You know, when are we going to learn in this country to take domestic violence seriously to where a woman is being threatened or a man by domestic violence, by a perpetrator that's telling you I'm going to kill you. Some point you're going to die. They are harassing you, harassing you daily. Phone calls, you're not got a life, you don't deserve a life because you don't want me. When are we going to take action against these perpetrators like this? When are we actually going to stand up and say 22 years and 58 days is just not enough and you have no right the authorities have no right to try and put a gag order in place to stop us knowing about what's going on in our communities when it comes to crimes like this. It is a disgrace. Now, if the police or the social services or whoever are trying to hide behind a gagging order, it had failed. Now it is out in the open. And what you've done now is opened this case up to scrutiny because that's exactly what you're going to get. Because people like me and other YouTubers now are going to pick up on this and we're going to dig deep. And we're going to find out the mistakes that you've made and then we're going to tell the world because YouTube is the world. We tell everybody. 
because people need to know. So you should just really, I think, do what this girl says. Please, sign the petition. Make your voices heard. Make Christie's life and death mean something. Because if we don't, it's never going to change. And these are the worst cases for me to do because I have such empathy for the families that are left because of the pain that they suffer. So I will do anything I can to help this family get some justice. Do I believe that 22 years for this man and 58 days is good? No. Do I believe a life sentence for this man is any good? No. But it would make the family feel better. It would make it feel like justice has been served because they certainly don't believe that justice has been served here, do they? And I think all these orders of trying to, you know, keep the case quiet, not give their sister the right to be heard, her story to be told. Because if that order would come in, I couldn't have said a word about this case. I'd have gone to prison. So would anyone else who had done it. So would have they the family. So thank you BBC for actually sticking to your guns and getting this order, you know, fighting to not have it put in place. And thank you to the Wedding Hatfield Times for writing um, a lovely thing and um, I got a lot of my information from you so thank you for that. And to the family, as I've said, I would do anything I can to um, promote this case and to pro promote your petition. And I wish you all the best. So anyway, uh, this has been Christa's Murder from Winning Garden City in Hertfordshire in UK. 25-year-old girl murdered by supposedly someone that she cared for her at some point in front of her three children. Terrible murder. Absolutely terrible. So you know what to do. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you found this case interesting and you want more information, please email me, please put your comments on. We love all the comments, put them on. Please go and find on the sites that I've put up there the links if you want to know anything more about this case. You will hear this case um, as well on Spotify. Uh, it is going to be out to the world because everyone needs to know it. Uh, and um, I think there's not much more I can say on this case because these sort of cases really upset me. And so, till the next time, bye-bye.